Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. My name is Cami Bell. I am your host, as always, on Extra, and it's our first Extra of 2024. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and New Year. And uh, joining me in my merriment of all things to do with Rangers as we uh, look forward to um, our Scottish Cup opener uh, against Dumbarton on Saturday, but also to discuss what's been happening uh, across this winter break is my very, very good friend. Mr. Simon Halloran. Simon, thank you for coming on the show. Um, are you at the stage? Are people still wishing you Happy New Year or are we thankfully by that stage? Uh, good to be on. Yeah, thankfully by that. I think the cutoff's usually about the 7th, so according to Larry David. By so, law, it yeah. should be. Yeah, so I go by Larry's rules and um, yeah, that's it. A good few weeks and nice wee break so far. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So listen, let's jump straight into it because although Rangers haven't been in uh, competitive action, Simon, there has been plenty to be able to talk about as uh, obviously Rangers have been away in warm weather training. Uh, Thankfully, we're not uh, going to Dubai any longer because, you know, that was pretty much the death knell for any kind of hopes we had for the season when we were under Steven Gerrard. But... um, I think what's really important and what I want to talk to you a little bit around, Simon, as we kick off uh, this week's show is just um, probably a concerted period of time that Philippe Clement has had with his squad. And he, he came in right into the middle of a, of a pretty hectic fixture schedule. He's not really going to get much more of a, a, a break in it, if we're being honest, let's face it. Yep. Um, but a good chance for him to probably get um, as close as he can to the entire squad there's probably been elements of it which he's not been able to address until very recently because he's came in, he's had so many things to be able to try and deal with. We've obviously spoke a little bit around, you know, the the, the domestic campaign he stepped into, the League Cup that he stepped into, Europe that he had to step into. A really good opportunity, I think, um, 
in the last couple of weeks, Simon, during the winter break for the manager, just to really get an understanding and, and, and an assessment, a full 360 assessment of his, of his players within his squad. Plus, also, we're within the transfer window. We will talk about that in a little bit of, uh, a little bit of time in due course. But, uh, again, interesting that when you've seen and heard and read some of his comments, including up to Tuesday night following the two-all draw with Copenhagen at Ibrox, he has made a lot of mention around the fact that he's had to sit down with players. He's had to, to really make a little bit of a kind of under the under the bonnet review of of where players are at and obviously their their availability etc. Yeah, I think he has. And as it's been what three months now, just over three months since he's he's taken charge. And to be quite honest, it, it was fact we felt it was going to be a firefighting exercise to start with, but it's been anything but. He's totally turned the team around and got us right back in there on all four fronts fighting. Um, obviously we've got one of them in the bag already, but yeah. It, for me, there's there's still questions over players that Clermont has got a lot more out of. That's the thing. Are, are they going to have a, a future here longer term? Guys like John Lundstrom, who has had a good turn of form in the last couple of months, but coming to the end of his contract, Borna Barisic as well, guys like that. It's, so it's, it's a lot to really work out over these next couple of weeks for him. And I'd imagine, to be honest, a lot of decisions will have been made on on players and who he wants to build a team around and who he doesn't see having a future here. But the job that he's done, bar the one game, has been fantastic. Um, to drag his back for God knows many points behind at one point. I think at one point, even those games, it was 11 points. He got it back down basically to two. Obviously, there's some games in hand and the Celtic result a couple of weeks ago took it back up. But um, yeah, I've got no real complaints so far of anything that I've seen from him. Um, he's went above and beyond for what I totally expected, I expected these players to to probably let them down in some games. Um, but for the majority of games, it's been anything but. I think, yeah, and it's interesting because you obviously, <clears throat> you made mention there about players that he probably came in. And, and listen, anyone who's stepped into a workplace where you've got assessments to make of your staff, you've got to do it pretty quickly. And and again, as we can mention there, he stepped. He's more or less jumped into a free flowing river because, again, yep. in terms of the, the the competitions that we were involved in at that stage, the fact that we obviously had a deficit in the league, and there was obviously some disharmony within the group because results weren't going well. I I don't think there was that engagement between the, uh, Michael Beale and the players any yep. longer. I think that had pretty much evaporated. And so you, you'll step into it and you kind of have to look at, you know, look around the room and say, like, you know, who can I rely on at the moment? Who are my regular starters? The senior lieutenants. You make an assessment in terms of where people are at with that. And I think what's been quite interesting, Simon, is that he's also then had to, he, he's probably had to fluctuate that thinking when we get to injury concerns. <laughs> and, you know, you get guys like Dijon Sterling having to play in midfield, which was certainly not part of the original design, I'm sure, when Philippe Clement came in the door. But he's had to adapt to that and he's had to be able to try and take it into it. And I think as you've... I, I think, you know, again, he alluded to it a lot on Tuesday because it was really at the kind of end of the of the break period. Because there's zero doubt now from Tuesday night onwards, you know, the, the focus was going to be on Saturday's game against Dumbarton. But he did make mention of, you know, he purposely wanted this period, the training camp, the friendlies, to really understand exactly where this squad, you know, are at the moment, 
what players he can rely on, what players he probably feels he may be losing, whether or not in this window or, you know, in the summer. And he, he, he did things by design, you know. He gave them, he mentioned a lot around, you know, he went into some high-intensity training with some of them. He wanted players to be able to try and to, to go into games tired. He mentioned that against Hertha Berlin, for example, mm-hmm. that, you know, he did ramp up the training going into that game because he didn't want them at, I suppose really what I could say is full physical readiness and a little bit of fatigue setting in there because he knows that that's what it's going to be like when we are playing eventually Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, you know, and and competing on so many fronts. I think it speaks a lot of his experience with that, Simon. I actually, when I heard that, it didn't make sense to me at first. And then the more I, I heard them explain the rationale behind it, it just seemed like such a great idea, like a, a great way to approach it because it wasn't about, you know, extended rest periods or extended high intensity periods. He wanted to be able to mix and match it. And and I think, you know, I'm hoping we're sitting here just now mid-January, but we're hoping that we see the benefits of that when we get to like April, May time. Yeah, absolutely. I, at the time when I heard them say it, I was putting a group chat, I said it's a new one on me because it's something you don't expect to hear a manager say deliberately get the players that, that way set up but not to be fair looking back now the game it wasn't a great spectacle looking back when we see it it was basically just a friendly as we say but there was certain elements to the players that you, you could tell was off there's a few of them looked off in a few of the friendlies um, I know we can't take a lot from it but we all are but let's let's be honest we'll still critique them uh, for for uh, any sort of minor error or any positive we see, because there was some positives welcome, as well. Welcome to Rangers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's probably a good one for, for going forward, as you say, over the next couple of weeks with the games at the weekends and midweek and whatnot as well. So it is one to keep an eye on. Um, there'll be certain players that he knows that he can trust, that can, can do the workload. There'll be others that are probably slightly behind. And then you're looking at the guys who didn't even travel across at all, who are probably done here now guys like Griff um, they're done um, obviously Borna's just coming back from injury but the way he was speaking after the Copenhagen game was as if yeah he's going out of contract there was there was nothing much going to be happening with him so yeah it was a, a new one on me the whole uh, fatigue thing but it's certainly a, an eye opener as to the, the squad and what he's got available to him yeah I think so and you know touching on Tuesday night's game um, against Copenhagen. Obviously, we did have that 1-0 loss to Hertha Berlin. And listen, you know, I'm not a huge believer in, in, you know, friendlies being able to give you anything other than really a glorified training exercise. It yeah. really is just pretty much about that. And I know, especially being able to, to come along to Ibrox, it wasn't a closed-door game in Tuesday night, obviously. So, you know, fans did go along and buy tickets. I would suspect, however, Simon, that several of, several of our fans bought tickets Saw the weather and thought, actually, do you know what? I might just give this one a give this one a buy. But fair play to you if that's what you had to do. That totally get it. Um, the aim really is to be able to to get probably some minutes in some players' legs. I think we saw the benefit from some of the first team players, like you know, uh, Tom Lawrence being able to come back mm-hmm. in and Jack being able to come back in. Um, it, it's a rough and smooth scenario because Kieran Dowell obviously went out to Spain got an injury in that, he's going to be out for a couple of months, that's just yeah. our luck at the moment, but I think it's an opportunity to be able to, for the manager 
to, to almost test the players a little bit, those ones especially on the fringe. And he's not going to get out there with a set formation. So I think fans have to kind of disconnect from it a little bit and just say, just see this as, you know, the, the purpose that it serves, which is allowing the manager to have a look at potentially giving some players a little bit of game time, maybe maybe mixing up a little bit and giving some players some time in other parts of the park, which they normally wouldn't play. Cole McKinnon did that on Tuesday, for example. He played out in the wing that's not familiar with. Leon King did the same thing. Yeah. But again, as, as fans, we kind of have to get into this and kind of treat it with a pinch of salt. We will touch on transfers, as I said, shortly. But I would be willing to bet you there was probably a few people who bought that Copenhagen, uh, Copenhagen ticket hoping to see some new signings. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've had Fabio Silva. That's it at the moment. But beyond all of that, you know, you, you really just have to kind of just let the manager decide what he wants to, to use the friendly games for. And when he explained the, the, the purpose behind them and what he wanted to try and get out of them, certainly I think that you, you could understand, you know, let them have the games, let the, the players get that time in their legs um, and, and mix it up a bit, like I say, with some high-intensity stuff, but also with this, you know, analysis, I suppose, of the squad and, and, and that assessment too. Yeah, yeah. The Copenhagen game especially would have shown him um, what was available to him in terms of the, the fringe players, you say, guys who came on like Scott Wright didn't really show up again last night uh, at the Copenhagen game. So for him, again, is this going to be another transfer window where he survives and stays around? Who's going to take on his wage? That sort of thing. Cole McKinnon, as you say, played out of, out of position. You can't really fault him for that. Leon King, done okay. He's, he's starting to get moved. I think they're trying to play him at uh, defensive mid in the B team. Obviously, he was playing right back as well last night at times. So as it's one that's Leon King, I think still got a good chance at Rangers. He's he's one that we can we can keep about just now unless somebody wants him on loan, which he would probably benefit from that. But it was it was all about getting uh, game time for the the lesser seen players, guys like Matondo. Um, you seen last night it was a ridiculous to the sublime basically from in one uh, minute. So as it's ones where we've got to give these guys a fair crack of up during the friendly games. When it comes to the the, the, the big games itself, um, we'll probably see the, a more settled team. I was delighted to see Tom Lawrence back in again. I felt he, obviously he's going to be a wee bit rusty, but he's often a lot more um, in, the, in the area than Todd Cantwell for me at the moment. I just, I don't know what's going on with him um, recently. It's just performances are dipping, they're, they're there one minute then they're not, again, that's that's that sort of flair player where they can be inconsistent but Fabio Silva I felt was really good um, at the hold up play in the Lincoln um, I, I did say on Twitter and whatnot I said he will he'll do really well in European games, the harder away games, he won't score as a barrel of the goals, that's just not going to happen um, I'd like to see him go one back and play in the 10 role um, behind a new striker, I think that could be a really good partnership of sorts where he's doing all the hard work and we can bring a striker in just to, to finish them off because that's really what this team's lacking just now. And I know Dessers came in against Copenhagen and he got his goal and it, 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 there's a couple of nice wee flashes, but we've known over a period of five, six months now that Dessers is, is hot and cold, um, cold in the majority of times. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how Clement sees us. Would it maybe just be easier? Um... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. If we're going to be playing serial dacers, that we just simply remove the VAR system. Yes. I mean, it's, it's just, I'm just, just uh, I'm just surprised that it was, there was no offsides last night. That's the thing. Um, no. I don't know whether it's the way he times it. It's just, he just doesn't get the concentration levels. Again, I'm just looking for excuses for him and people will not want to hear that. So he is what he is. Um, his actual goal return's not too bad. It's just everything else is... I mean, i seen somebody describe him a couple of weeks ago as like our Joe Linton, but he's signed as a striker and he's just not just not a striker. He's better at the hold-up play and he's better at bringing other people into the game, but he just can't do the basics up front. So, yeah, for me, Dessers would, would be back on the bench if we get someone in, um, and I hope we do. Well, that's true. And, and before we come on to strikers, because let's talk a little bit then about um, transfers and Philippe Clermont. Uh, mentioned in uh, Tuesday's post-match press conference. There was quite a few uh, snippets which I took away from his post-match press mm-hmm. conference, uh, Simon, where he mentioned about um, left-back in particular. Sure. Um, so obviously he spoke about Borna near the end of his contract. Um, and I think that that answer was actually in response to the question around Yilmaz leaving because, you know, I think it's Galatasaray are, are sniffing around him for something like three and a half million and and Rangers have rejected that approach, um, but I, I, since since we signed Yilmaz, it's, we almost got the same thing with Yanis Hadji. Yeah. That it feels like there's always rumours coming from Turkey, and I think it's an overactive Turkish press and 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 you know media forum, which I, I totally get. I understand that, um, but it just never has went away. But this is apparently pretty concrete that you know they are interested in, in, in taking him back to Turkey I think Rangers rightly need a need a, a, a deal that's going to suit them in the best possible manner and he obviously did say that I mean to quote him directly he said he can't go into three competitions with one left back Yeah, and in other positions it's the same now obviously there's been some immediate focus on this transfer window that we're currently in the midst of until you know 1st of February Um. And, and again, he did make mention, and he is very good at this, by the way, it, not just related to, to things that he said on Tuesday night, but he talks a lot about the club infrastructure. And yeah. he's, he's spoken about that on other occasions where he, when being approached with the Rangers job and in discussions with the job, wanted to understand the different facets of who was in there. That'll obviously change because we've now got on board the you know, head of football recruitment. We, we've made moves in that particular design. But it's clear that there is work which he is satisfied to an extent is is happening. I wouldn't say happy, but he is comfortable that it's happening, but he also understands that these things can't be done, you know, willy-nilly. There has to be due diligence, especially with us. And we're now in that wonderful paradox, Simon, of... And, and this is totally true to Rangers fans. We want new signings and we want them in quickly, but we don't want to waste money. Yeah. And it's almost as if, well, that's fine. You can waste money by bringing in, you know, risks, I'll call them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he has made mention to, you know, I need players who are going to be consistently fit. We have said as a support, we can't sign players who have got 
injury records or prone to potential injuries, you can't have your cake and eat it. And I think that's where there is this kind of clamour around. We want to be able to bring players in now and bring new blood into the group. And as we've mentioned, they are strikers, probably midfield, left-back, certainly. There's areas of the team that we really need to strengthen. Yeah. But we're now in a spot where we need to make sure that that is, is going to happen by the 1st of February because, as we've already mentioned, we're in a, 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 a three-way dogfight now across a number of different competitions. Yeah, ideal world would have it all wrapped up, as the manager said, before we went to Spain. Then we'd have had the two friendly games to to get some players integrated at the squad. As fans, we're saying, what's going on? Moan, 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 moan. But that's the thing. It's football these days. It's, it's different. You've got everything involved in the background and we're not privy to any of the, the private conversations that are ongoing. Deals are fluid and they change all the time. So I think, in a way, we're, we're over two and a half weeks in now. Um, yes, we'd like to see some stuff happen quicker. It could all, one one move can make it all fall into place. I mean, you look at um, Yilmaz getting linked with Galatasaray, and I think it was Verona as well in Italy. Um, they were trying to put Josh Doig out to, was it Marseille? Then yeah, another, Marseille, Ita- think, yeah. another Italian team showed their hand and offered a bit more, and they forced Doig to join them, and it does look as if he's going to, as it's a swallow. So that should open the door for Verona then to come back in for, for Gilmaz probably. So that should set off a chain reaction. And I don't know if that's what we're waiting on for a sale or for a loan fee or something for a player to come in and then we can start getting the ball rolling. I would imagine the manager's more than aware of who he wants to bring in. It's probably playing a bit, bit havoc behind the scenes, as we said. But you mentioned injured players and that, that for me is a no-no. We've we, we done that for the last couple of windows. We went down the had an injury, had an injury, a history of injuries, and players who were, were at one point very talented but lost their way. That that seemed to be our MO over a number of windows, basically when Ross Wilson was there, and then up to Michael Beale, even last summer he signed players like Dowell who were constantly injured, once talented, and we were hoping to, to get a wee spark from them. From now, Fabio Silva signing on paper, good enough signing, but he's not played enough games over the last year or so. Um, through no fault of his own, he, he didn't get a move at the start of the season, as we know. Um, so I'm looking for, if a striker comes in, is he going to have played 10-15 games this season? I don't think so. Again, this is going to be someone who's coming in on the, the fringes of their team, if that. So, that's when I look at the recruitment side of things and see what is our model going forward, because for so long now we've had these these players who are broken and we try to fix them. It's not worked. It's, it doesn't work. Look at Kamar Roof. We've tried. We get a good season out of him and then we've had nothing but injuries since. Um, Even Nico Raskin constantly injured. Tom Lawrence constantly injured. What is, I'd like to see someone from that department come out and state what the plan is in terms of signings going forward. Ideally, we sign someone that's say we bring in a left-back. I wouldn't have seen him playing 10-15 games this season. Same with the striker that comes in. Ideally, I think everybody knows what striker I want. And it's For me, if there's a deal to be done, we should get that done right now. Um, whether Hearts are going to play ball, I don't know. But yeah, I'd like to see the way we, way we shape up towards the end of the window because we know what we want. The players, again, are they going to be the right type? That, that's my big fear over the last next couple of weeks. 
Well, I mean, for sure, and I think, like you say, there's been a number of players, and again, we can't lend credence to them all that, that we've been discussed. One that I did want to talk to you about in particular, because you're pretty much our transfer guru on our Patreon site, um, was uh, Luca Langoni, um, obviously the Boca Juniors winger, yeah. um, because that did seem to have some degree of traction in it. He, he, he plays on the wing for Boca. He scored 10 goals since making his uh, first-team debut in 2022, I yeah. believe, I think I'm correct to um, But he appears, again, on paper, and it's great to say it's on paper, that it could be an interesting option. Um, doesn't appear to have any injury concerns as far as I'm aware. You'll correct me if I'm wrong, of course. Um, but one that I think is definitely an interesting consideration um, mm. because I, I, there is always, and, and again, people in my generation will understand it when I say this, but there's always like that sexy element when you bring in a South American and all that kind of thing. But we've not had the greatest of luck, it has to be said, at times with some of our South Americans. However, the last that we got from Colombia was pretty decent, I will say. But all that to one side, it will be interesting to see if, if this move in particular materialises because... Again, I think it's um, it, it's looking at a different talent pool. Uh, yeah. It's been said that, you know, Scandinavia, for example, there's certainly options that we can have out there that we don't really explore that much. Again, I go back to the aforementioned Colombian. Fair enough, it was Finland, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but all that to one side, I think there's also a part to this where we need to get, um, we need to get some of these deals in play pretty quickly because I think that Rangers are a great club to be able to generate interest for other clubs to then potentially come in and if they can offer a slightly better deal then Rangers lose out on it. Yeah, I mean in terms of the is it Langoni, I mean I had a quick scan uh, this afternoon looking at the, the stats and the numbers, I mean he's broke through over the last year and a half, the only thing is he's got a release clause in his contract and I think it's like $10 million or something. So I don't think he's one that will pursue right now um, unless it was a summer move and we've, after we've wrapped up the league title, maybe. But um, that's the type of signing we should be aiming for, guys, from that market. And it does look as if we've had a few links from that, that sort of neck of the woods. I think there was a guy from um, Ecuador linked as well. So it does show that we're starting to put the net uh, far and wide now in terms of the scouting. Um but a winger is is absolutely fundamentally needs to be done. Um, you already see the amount of pressure that we're putting on Ross McCausland. Um, I just don't want to see him burnt out. He should be in for two or three games and then pulled out for a while because even though he is 21, 22, he's still young in football terms. He's only played less than 15 full games uh, for the first team. So he's a player who we've got to keep an eye on. Uh, we don't want to burn him out. He needs help. Guys like Scott Wright aren't giving them the help. If we can get funds raised to get him out the door, get that done. Guys like Matondo, who, again, hot and cold. I don't know if it's going to work for him here. Nick injury seems to to pick up the wee niggles here and there. But um, we've got to see my way at AFCON. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely short out there. Um, McCausland is carrying that area of the park um, on his shoulders, and I just don't think it's fair on him. So if we got some, some players in, uh, on that right-hand side especially, it would be good. Um, I, I don't really know who who it would be right enough, but unfortunately the guy from Boca Juniors, I think, is a bit out of reach already. It's amazing, because I, genuinely I genuinely think, Simon, if you were walking down the street tomorrow and slipped in some ice and fell on your arse, you'd blame Scott Wright for it. 
<laughs> I know. There's, <laughs> there's mad love from him for certain podders, but I mean, if the game's not harmed, then you're starting a game with a man down every time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think, again, just kind of wrapping up some of the transfer chat that we mentioned, has there been anyone in particular that you've seen that, or, you know, we've been potentially linked with that you uh, you would take into some serious consideration? I like the look of the the Czech left-back, um, uh, Juracek from Benfica. He, he moved there during the summer for about £15 million pounds or something, but it's not worked out. But apparently he's going to Hoffenheim on loan. He would have been a good one at left-back, so he it probably kind of similar to Barisic, but not as timid, if you know what I mean. He's a big, strong worker. He gets up and down the line. Um, same same sort of stats has him, um, output-wise, but yeah, uh, that that one looks if it's not going to happen. Um, there was another one, was it? I heard the rumour about from midfielder from 20, um, Mikael Sadilak, I think it was. Um, I think he's available in a Bosman in the summer. Somebody says that there was there was slight interest from us, so that's one to maybe keep an eye out over the next week or so, um, just in case he's a Czechoslovakian international, um, plays for twenty. Um, he's been there for a couple of years now. He's he's not a goal scoring midfielder. He's he, he chips in now and again, but he's probably more of a defensive mid and one that one that to look at is for maybe a Lundstrom replacement in the summer. Um, in terms of up front, it's, it's been you've had the Batch Y story and and that was obviously denied. Um, he scored the other night there, I think. For yeah, did not score something? Did he score a hatch? Was it four goals? Four, or four goals in a cup game, yeah. I think, over in Turkey. So a bit of everything. The goals were the headers, tap ins, the lot. So and then yeah, that was denied. So you're thinking, who's who's not been denied? That's the one I always look for when the club doesn't deny um anyone. So they've not denied Shankland yet. I know I'll keep banging the drum. Is there a deal we've done with Hearts? We we don't know. They keep people keep saying five million, this that, but yeah, I think if you offered Hearts two and a half, three million pound, they'd start to start to sweat a little bit. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously been linked with him uh, pretty much consistently across the course of the last few months and we, yeah. we seem to have kind of went round and round a little bit and, and I... I I wouldn't contradict myself from what I said earlier on. Silva, I didn't think looked great. Um, you know, when I seen him in the flesh on on, on Tuesday night, it was my first opportunity to do so. Um, but again, I don't know what he was asked to do. I don't know yeah. what role he was asked to play. He was Yeah, I was going to say no. Sorry, sorry, Cammy. He, he looked like he took a sore one, and at first when I saw it, because uh, obviously you and I were at the game on Tuesday night. Um, when I saw it, I thought. Jesus, that looks really serious. <laughs> and then he got a bit of treatment and then he was back on a couple of minutes later. Yeah. Um, he's going to take some knocks in Scottish football, so he's going to have to just get used to that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him time. He's, he's not really played any competitive football for us, really. 
Um, so I'm just perfectly happy to let that kind of settle just now, and and we'll make that assessment on him. The manager will obviously make that assessment on him and allow him the chance to settle in. But um, yeah, it definitely will be interesting to see what business we'll conduct. Um, I am. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I am going to say, Simon, I do want to put on record that I very much believe the board are aware of how critical it is that we get yeah. this done. Yep. Um, and now that we've shown and I say this with the best will in the world, but now that we've shown that this group of players can win a trophy, I think it actually gives us some more backing, somewhat, you know, in a kind of weird connotation, but it actually gives us some more backing to say, look, this is what we can achieve, but we need help yes. for the next milestone. We need help to be able to stay within this league race. We need help to be able to try and navigate our way through the Scottish Cup. Everyone's saying, don't worry about Europe. We're in the last 16. It's not till March. We'll worry about March when we get there. I understand that. But I think the manager can make a case to say, you know, how seriously do you want to take the, the, the Europa League? Because I've got zero doubt that when he was um, going through his recruitment um, and, and the club were talking to him about, you know, Europe's massive for us, you know, what do you think you can do here and stuff? I think a big draw of Philippe Clement to the club um was his European experience. I think that was mm-hmm. part and parcel of it. So I think the board understand why it's really important for us to be able to make that investment. But it's just so difficult to do because it's been like the good ship shit money after bad because yeah. of the fact that we've just wasted so much capital in some of these players. And you're either injury prone, you've not hit the ground running, you know, you've not lived up to your potential through one thing or another. It's just so difficult for the board to be able to then say this is, but it has to happen. It has to happen. It must. It must. I mean, the managers surely earned their trust after these last three months where we've came from nowhere. We've we've won a trophy. We've won the Europa League group. We're a couple of points behind in the league with a really good chance of still doing something in the league. So they've got to back him. If he asks for three players, make it happen. Um, That's what we need. We're going to need a left back if Yomaz goes. Ideally, we get a winger. Ideally, we get a striker. And you look at our strikers just now. I mean, Danilo's going to be out. He's not going to be back for the rest of the season. Kamar Roof is done at Rangers. He's finished. Um, so you've really got Dessers and Silva's just in the door. And he does look as if he's going to be playing that sort of hybrid role all over the park, really. All over the front line, sorry. So he's not really going to be an out-and-out number nine. So if they want guaranteed goals, they hand the money over to Hearts and that could be the difference between winning the league or not because if he's in and around the box you're going to get 10-15 goals in the league and he's a player that can regularly score goals against Celtic they're hard to come by these days in any walk of life, any player that's got that knack of scoring in big games look at Furuhashi, he does it all the time against us don't like saying it but he does Shankland does it for hearts against them so it was like when Morelos, he had, he had hearts in Aberdeen, teams like that and on toast at the time so 
yeah, it, it's one that we've got to look at. Um, if we want to be serious, we've got to get the striking partner in for, for Silva. Um, and let's just go for it because it's there to be won. The board have got to back the manager. Um, we can say so far this, this window's been a bit disappointing, but we've still got time to turn it around and we've got two big games coming up um, before even Celtic kick a ball, actually, in the league next. We've got um, Hibs away and then we're playing first uh, away to St Mirren. So we're hoping to be back nearer them by then, but you know how we're like we, after winter breaks, we've got to get this right and this next week or so is critical for the rest of the season. Yeah, and listen... Um... Again, I don't like saying it either, but this team are going to have to get used to scoreboard pressure. Um, yes. They're going to have to get used to the idea that, you know, when we're playing in Europe, they'll play on the Saturday, we'll play on the Sunday. And uh, again, I don't like saying it, but we have to go on the assumption, Simon, they'll win every game. Sure, yeah. And if they present us with an opportunity, fantastic. But the reason why we have to go into it with that mentality of them winning every game is because that means that we have to take care of our own business. And there's a big part to this. And I really, truly believe this, by the way, and I'm going to probably die in this hell. But I really do genuinely believe we're in control of our own fate. We're not behind the eight ball yet in terms of, you know, the league position. And again, I think we've seen that that team can definitely wobble, but we need to be able to to, to land a few jabs on them and then hopefully a, a knockout punch. So, yeah, that will be interesting. Simon, just before we wrap up for, for this week, um, Obviously, we're hoping, all fingers crossed, that we uh, we actually have a game on Saturday against Dumbarton in the Scottish Cup. The weather may or may not take care of it. We hope not. But um, I, again, as I say, not a not a hugely challenging fixture, with all due respect to Dumbarton. Um, and in some instances, I actually think it will be a good opportunity to introduce some of the uh, maybe maybe guys like you know Fabio Silva if he plays against Dumbarton. <laughs> A little introduction uh, to the industrious side of Scottish football. Um, I think everybody knows what I mean when I say that. Um, but it's not going to be an easy game purely from a perspective of let's just turn up and win. Um, we are not in a position. We haven't won that many trophies in our recent history to be so blasé about it. However, I still believe it will be a fairly straightforward game for us as long as we turn up with the right attitude. Um, we don't overexert ourselves exactly for the reason you've just mentioned in terms of our upcoming league games. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing this Rangers team in properly competitive action again. Yeah, um, as you say, we won't we won't show any disrespect to to Dumbarton at all. But you've got to take into account that it'll be the elements down there. It's very exposed down at the stadium, also right on the, the Clyde, and I think it's to be pouring down all weekend. So that's the forecast. So that might be a wee bit of a leveler. But as you say, if we we get our game heads on, we, we should be looking at four or five goals. Um, and a pretty routine win into the next round. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, that'll do us um, for this week. David will be back on uh, flagship on Monday, where, again, all fingers crossed, he will hopefully be talking about the Dumbarton game. Um, most important thing for me to do is to thank my guest, Simon Hallin. And Simon, thank you very much for coming on. We're back in business now. Um, again, it was a cold one at Ibrox on Tuesday night. Um, I don't think it'll be too much warmer uh, in Dumbarton on Saturday evening. Um, but listen, it's just great to get that winter break done and out of the way, and and like you say, we're back in business. We are, and looking forward to the next couple of weeks of games, and hopefully some new faces coming in as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. If you'd like to hear um, some more of those potential new faces coming in, if we do have a signing, you will hear it first on our uh, Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Again, Simon gives regular insight into his uh, thoughts around the transfer dealings as well. You'll get our daily update, which again, like you say, will keep you informed about any potential signings between now and the end of the month. And we will obviously have breaking news if we do get players who put pen to paper. And that is just a fraction of some of the content that you can have for only a few quid a month, please come over and join us in a growing community um, of bears the world over on our heart and hand uh, site as well. Um, last thing for me to do just before I sign off is to say thank you to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. Thank you to Zenith Coins, zenithcoins.com, our uh, show sponsor. Um, Simon, a pleasure to talk to you as always, my friend. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm just looking forward to jumping into bed with an electric blanket on. It has been that cold this week. Yes, I am the same. I've been at work all week. Um, I'm looking forward to a nice wee quiet weekend as well. So, yeah, touch wood, uh, it heats up as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Whatever you're doing uh, this week, folks, please make sure you stay nice and safe. Please don't have any slips or falls or bumps or anything like that as well because it is a bit treacherous over here in Scotland. And we will uh, speak to you again on Monday. Thanks so much now. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.